1: Uh, right now, we've got uh, our good buddy uh, James Herbert uh, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline, or the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, I should say. James, how you doing today, man?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: So uh, everybody's heading into the bubble. and Now, let me ask you this first and foremost. Are you going to be in the bubble?
0: No, uh, I will not be there. And as much as I usually want to be covering any NBA-related thing that I can and be close to the action, I'm not that upset about not – being forced to stay in there for, like, multiple months and be away from my family and be isolated and following all these precautions and all that. I I think, you know, it's going to be a completely unprecedented experience uh, for everybody. I should say the few amount of people that are there. It's really only going to be about 10 reporters uh, that are spending the entire time in the bubble. But I, I think it's also going to be quite a challenging one. It's going to be very strange.
1: let's talk about this first and foremost before we get into the x's and o's just from what it is we do you do um how different do you see the business itself changing not just today and during this pandemic but does uh, does stuff like this then affect i I, because i get a sense that eventually it's going to be all podiums Uh, All social distancing teams are going to say, well, you know, we don't want them to get the coronavirus, but then again, we don't want them to get uh, the flu or we don't want them to get, you know, anything else that happens to be floating around out there. Uh, Does this, do you think, change our business forever?
0: I hope not, um, but you're certainly not the first person I've I've had this discussion with. I think that that is a fear. Um, As of right now, like the league has not indicated that that any of these changes that are being done to media access are going to last beyond uh, this virus being an issue. Now, what it will look like next season, I have no idea. But I don't know what next season is going to look like in any respect. Um, and as far as media coverage goes, and like whether or not like I will personally still be in a locker room. Like I, I was on a podcast the other day, and uh, I was asked like when do you think you'll be in a locker room again? I really had no good answer. Like, I, I have absolutely no idea. I just hope that at some point uh, things return to normalcy.
1: So, when you talk about the protocols and everything that you're glad you don't have to do, how difficult do you think it's going to be for the guys that are the players that are inside that bubble?
0: Yeah, I, I think the protocols and stuff, like, it, you know, it's daily testing. I, I I, think a lot of the rules that you see, like, if you go through that long, like, 130 page handbook, like, a lot of it is common sense just when you're living in a pandemic. Like, if you are um, kind of minding social distancing like rules when you go out in your day-to-day life like you'll be familiar with a lot of the things that are outlined there like some of it is just common sense I think um, where it becomes challenging from like a mental health perspective um, is kind of just like the fact that you're separated from your family the fact that your freedom is uh, limited to just sort of being able to go around that campus the fact that You know, I mean, there's an initial quarantine period when you get there. You're not supposed to socialize with anybody on other teams. Like, you're basically doing what everybody was doing at the beginning um, of this pandemic when everybody was self-isolating. And I think going in and knowing that this will be your life for at minimum weeks, and if you're on a really good team, if you're on a contender, that it will be months. I think that can be daunting for a lot of people. Now, to the NBA's credit, they've set up a bunch of different mental health resources for guys. I I think despite the fact there has been all this sort of complaining in the last couple of days about what the the food setup has been for the initial quarantine period, these guys are going to be pampered uh, in terms of the the food options that they get, in terms of the entertainment options they have uh, on this campus environment. I I think I don't want to go so far as to imply that – they are going to be hard done by when there are so many people who are dealing with much more serious situations right now, and unemployment is rampant and rampant, and, and all of this in this country. Um, but I, I do think um, just the idea that you are away from other people for that long, um, that at, at minimum, like the next time you're going to see your family is at the end of the first round, if you're on a team that is lucky enough to win a first round series i think that's daunting for a lot of people especially um, guys with young kids um, and I, I think it will be genuinely challenging and i don't think it is some, it is a decision that every player um just made unthinkingly i think it was a tough one for a lot of people to decide whether or not to even go and i imagine there are some people on some teams especially uh, if your team isn't that good if you lose a couple of games in this bubble and you're not having a great time like there, there's nothing really stopping you from just leaving right like i i could see that happening you could see you guys saying oh by the way like my, my ankle is is bothering me i need to i need to pull out of this thing i need to get out of here oh there's this surgery i've been putting off for a few months i'm going to go have it now or even if they don't have an excuse like that just like i'm done i'm out of here there have been people who have pulled out of this thing already before it's it's even begun and i think that is completely understandable and reasonable regardless of what the reason is almost some people are doing it because of health concerns some people they want to spend their time on social justice issues some people just because they don't want to be away from their family they, they don't think this is the right thing to do right now so i i think yeah it, it is not an easy situation uh for players for staff for uh, like team staff or Like, anybody involved in this thing, I think everybody will be treated well, and the NBA has done what they can to make this uh, a livable experience for these guys. They're obviously going to be staying in fancy hotels, but it's not something that I think guys are universally psyched about. I think there's a wait-and-see approach, and you've seen that with some of these recent quotes. I mean, Joe Embiid saying he hated the idea, but he's doing it because he thinks uh, he should be there for his teammates and for Philadelphia.
1: Talking with James Herbert, CBS uh, writer for covering the NBA. Um, One of the things that uh, has now come up is the economics and the impact on the game itself, which could change what the offseason may look like. Now we here in Milwaukee and in the Wisconsin region and Bucks fan nation kind of waiting for the Supermax to be signed by Giannis. I don't think he – I would say if I had to be a betting man, I'd say 99.9% of me says – I'm going to bet my house that Giannis is coming back to Milwaukee that he is not going anywhere but there is going to be some financial ramifications regarding this season the pandemic and what the NBA had to endure so uh does this change things do you think right now do you think that Giannis signs a short-term deal and then goes to a Supermax or do you think that uh, they work this out and then uh financially I I don't know if it's 254 million or 220 million I I don't know specifically what it's going to take to keep him here. But I do know that the Bucks can pay him more money than God. And in the very beginning, he said, look, as long as we're competitive, uh, competing for a championship, and I'm working with the organization, well, they've done everything he's wanted. They're the number one team right now in the NBA, and they can pay him more money than God. So I don't see him leaving for any other reason.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really sort of weird situation in terms of anybody, not just Giannis, that, that can sign a long-term extension The summer even some of the unrestricted free agents that are looking um to sign a a life-changing deal this summer because you you could do that sure but i mean we have to wait and see what the salary cap looks like and i'm sure agents for a lot of these guys have already um given their their clients you know whether they're giving them full powerpoints like they would normally do at the start of a free agency period or if they're just informally saying, look, these are what the options might be. We don't have concrete information because we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like. The NBA and the NBAPA can still negotiate that. Um, They don't have to just make it a function of this year's uh, basketball-related income to determine next year's salary cap. But I think where this gets complicated is that, I mean, essentially because uh, we're not in a place where we can confidently say that America has this virus under control and we're going to be able to have a normal NBA season next year. We can't be talking about next summer, the following summer being normal either. And you you can like foresee a situation where in between now and this summer, the the NBA um, ensures the players that it will be different because you're assuming that maybe two years uh, from then it's going to be completely back to normal and thus they could make some sort of promise that the salary cap won't drop drastically. But like, I think there's a chance that nobody will really, well, not nobody, but there's a chance that big name players, Giannis is one example, obviously the most relevant example to not only NBA fans in Wisconsin, but everywhere um, that they don't choose to sign a long-term extension. Now, even if they are committed to, to staying with the team and in his case, the bucks just because the agent can lay out a scenario and say, all right, well, if you just sign like a one-on-one deal now and see how it goes, keep your flexibility, we can maximize your earning potential over the next seven, eight years, not just the next four or five. And that is something that I think um, players, superstars genuinely tend to do. And I think that that applies to a lot of people. I mean, Anthony Davis is somebody that has had much less speculation about his future since he arrived in L.A. than what what we're dealing with uh, with Giannis. And I think he's somebody who technically could be a free agent this summer. And I I don't see any sort of scenario where he just signs a long-term deal with Los Angeles, even though everybody expects that that's where he's going to spend the next portion of his career. Like I I just think from a financial perspective, you will see guys thinking medium to long-term rather than short-term right now.
1: Talking with James Herbert, uh, NBA writer for CBS Sports, joining us uh, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, when you get into this bubble and you start talking about practices, the teams that had to shut down their facilities, how much of a disadvantage do you think that is for them? Obviously, there's a concern because someone in the organization has tested positive. But when you talk about the Heat and the, the Nuggets and the Bucks, uh, just to name a few, they all had to shut it down. Guys weren't necessarily working out. How long or how quickly do you think it takes them to really kind of get ramped up and get ready for this?
0: Yeah, I think it, it might be somewhat of a disadvantage for the team that have to shut it down for four or five days if they're in a situation where their players didn't have any, anything else they could do. Like, it's, it's interesting, though. I mean, they still have a few weeks to get ready. Everybody does. Um, and I think we should remember, like when we're talking about them going into their practice facility, like they weren't going and having full five on five contact scrimmages uh, at their practice facilities. They were going in there and they were getting individual work done. Each guy was working with two coaches on one basket and then and they go for about 45 minutes and they'd leave. Then people would come and sanitize the floor and the balls and then they would like rush out of there and go shower at home rather than at the facility. It was a very controlled environment still, even as of a couple of days ago uh, when, when everybody was like going in for these workouts in their home market. So I don't know that from like a chemistry perspective and basketball perspective, this is really going to have an impact on things simply because they weren't doing that much. I mean, it's really only now that players are actually practicing together again. Uh, Like that just happened. It was actually sort of weird to see some like photos and video come out of Orlando yesterday where like I I believe the Jazz and the Magic held their practices. It was like, oh, right, like NBA team is on the court again. Haven't seen that in a while. Usually it's just been um, clips of like one guy getting shots up with an assistant coach rebounding for him.
1: I uh, wanted to ask you about the Bucks overall as a team. Had the best record going into this pandemic. They had lost three out of their last four. Weren't playing great basketball. Giannis a little bit nicked up. Now they come back. They should have their legs under them, depending on how quickly they get everything back. But are the Bucks the favorite at this point in your eyes?
0: I think statistically they're the favorite. I, I, if you look at all of the models and metrics, it's like this is by far the best defensive team in the NBA, that typically translates to the playoffs extremely well. Giannis is likely going to an MVP and defensive player of the year. Uh, they, they really couldn't have done much more in the regular season to answer the questions that people had about them coming into the year. Um, I'm one of those people that picked the Clippers at the beginning of the season. I, I still think in a playoff setting, like I I do like their chances, but I, I think most people look at this and see the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers as sort of like the, the three-headed monster, like, if any team other than those wins the championship, it'll, it'll be a pretty significant upset. Now, I think you introduce a little bit more uncertainty into the situation just because uh, this is not a regular playoff scenario, right? Like, this is a bubble where you could see guys, I mean, this is a reality of the situation. It's not fun to talk about, but if guys get sick, if guys get hurt because they're trying to ramp things up after not playing basketball for months, that could fundamentally change what these playoffs look like. And I think everybody sort of expects this to be a little bit more random, a little bit more weird uh, than normal. And will the Bucks um, just sort of overcome all that because they had such good chemistry throughout the regular season because they have such a clear identity uh, and they they know who they are. I I think that's what Bucks optimists should believe. Um, But I kind of want to see how all these teams look and especially how these contenders look. Uh, in Orlando um, before sort of changing my outlook on this whole thing and, and coming up with who I think is, like, the best pick to win it. But, yeah, sure. Like, statistically, based on the fact that they should be more uh, – they should be fully healthy now, so should everybody. But, I mean, Giannis was dealing with an injury back in March. So this is a, not a small thing um, that that he should be fully healthy now. Like, things are certainly looking good for the Bucks right now.
1: James, great stuff. James Herbert, CBS uh, Sports, and also NBA writer. We appreciate your time. Hopefully, we're talking about the Bucks winning a championship, and we'll get back in touch with you then, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. There you go. He spent uh, more than a few minutes with us. James Herbert, NBA writer for CBS Sports, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and glad to have him along for the ride. Pre- appreciate it. Uh, by the way, um, This is the commercial-free hour, and our friends from the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, they have your passion. has it outgrown your home. A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space that it deserves. is at greatmidwestbank.com. That's greatmidwestbank.com. Simply local lending since 1935.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?